Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. That hymn that we just sang, which is appointed for this Sunday of the church year, in German, it has more of a sense of Jesus is my joy. Jesus is my pleasure, my joyfulness. And it's always interesting when you hear that tune that Lutheran Service Book has in it. You can almost see that confession that one is making as one goes through this life facing suffering, death, and all of these things, but yet we fix our eyes on Christ. Because there's something we know about God in all of this, and something that he teaches us today in that gospel reading. God takes care of you. He takes care of your bodies. He gives you daily bread. Well, he's your father. It's what he does because you're his children. And not only that of this physical thing, but there is the spiritual intertwined with it. In the small catechism, the explanation of the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread, confesses this nicely. It says, God certainly gives daily bread to everyone without our prayers, even to all evil people. But we pray in this petition that God would lead us to realize this and to receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. So the Lord gives to you, and you see his gracious hand give you what you need. And in thanksgiving, you look to him who gives you your food at the proper time, satisfying the desire of every living thing. But I'm not telling you anything new, am I? It shouldn't surprise you. You're Christians means you're hearers of the word of God. And God's word tells you that's his very nature to do this, to show mercy to his people, to show mercy to you taking care of you in body and soul. Always when we hear in the Gospels a crowd is coming to Jesus and they're hungry, we expect because we know the whole story. We know Jesus is going to feed them. He takes care of them. That, and we've read the story many times before. But he does this to those even who don't rightly know where their daily bread comes from. Or even like in the Old Testament reading, those people who were grumbling. They're upset. They're hungry. They're mad. They're taking it out on Moses and Aaron. And rather than God just wiping his hands and saying, well, you know what, guys? You should be thankful for what I've given you. Two chapters earlier, I read you through the Red Sea. In chapter 15, right before the Old Testament reading, you guys were singing, you were happy, you were doing all these things, and now you're upset. Well, then just deal with it. But no, God provides temporal needs and blessings in this life. And sometimes he provides it miraculously. Like in that Old Testament reading, raining down manna from heaven for the Israelites doing that all throughout the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, or feeding over 5,000 people in the Gospel reading with five loaves of bread and two fish. So see that, hear all of that, and know that your lives are no different and that the Lord provides for you. Now, he's not raining down manna from heaven. It's not pe peppering our ceiling as we sit here at this day and quail are not running around at this point. We'd probably hear the hunters trying to go after it. But he does it through means, or what Luther calls mask of God, or the Latin term larvae dei, where we get that word larva from. So people take care of one another in those estates that God has given us, in the church, in our family, in society. And in the primary place where your daily bread is given is in that family. That's the foundation and the source of all that is our society and all that we have in this world. 
A husband is the mask of God to his wife and his children as he provides for them. Parents are mask of God to their children. So each time they feed their children, they take care of them in their bodies, they're serving as how God is answering that prayer, give us this day our daily bread. They're seeing God serve them and give them those things, even if at times they might try to push the food away and say, I don't want to eat broccoli. But it goes as well for providing a house, clothing, shoes, all of those things that we need to support this body and life. God provides, and he uses people to do it. So you recognize who you are in all of this, the different stations in life that you occupy in this world, and God uses you as those masks of God to those neighbors that God has placed around you. You care for one another, you seek to serve one another, and you sacrifice for them as needed. That's your new life in Christ, which lives in the freedom of the gospel to love as Christ has first loved you. You wear that mask day in and day out, and God answers prayer. So the provision of God is nothing insignificant. For you in the church, you're always to remember where your provision comes from and give thanks for all that he gives. Contentment comes from this too. Because you look around and you look to the Lord for your daily bread and everything that you have in this life. And you receive these gifts as, and it creates in your heart a contentment that recognizes that your life is solely dependent upon the mercy of God. And no matter what may come your way, everything good comes from him who is your father, who sent his only begotten son to redeem you. So if you have Christ, and you do, you have everything. All the other stuff in this world flows from that redemption in Christ, and you are to be thankful for however much or however little that may be for you in this world. So even times of suffering them or times of need, and you might be scratching your head wondering if God is answering that prayer, give us this day our daily bread, you know that the Lord still takes care of you. Even in death, he redeems you. He redeems your body, and he will raise it up on the last day. So we are beggars who receive from his gracious hand. Now, the people in the gospel reading, though, wanted to make Jesus king, which is ironic because he is king of kings. But what they wanted was a bread king who would give them food without the godly vocations they had been called to. They wanted a social welfare system, institutionalized, rather than an economy where they work as families and individuals, loving and supporting one another. And that's another aspect of the spiritual dimension in all of this, too, as we live in this world. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So we see God, we see those gifts that he gives us, we understand who God is, and then we know and what this means as who we are listening to his word and how we see our lives according to it. So God points you to who you are in all of this and exactly who God says he is. So he says then too, recognizing what God gives, these bread doesn't exist for its own sake. You're called to seek and work for the bread which doesn't perish. That's where the Christian, as a Christian, your focus and priority goes to as you recognize the Lord taking care of you and giving you what you need in this life. You actually believe that everything he says and gives is not only from him, but for your good. And that's why you're here today. It's why in the intro and in the graduate it says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. You're glad to be here on this day, this day where we rejoice that the Lord gives and we receive. So if God gives your daily bread, and he gives you the bread come down from heaven, from Jesus, for your forgiveness, life, and salvation, of course, there's no other place we would be 
rather be, there's no question about it. Now, all of this always sounds a bit odd, right in the middle of Lent. And in some ways, it shows us who our Lord, who has accomplished all this for you, and is in for our body and soul. It's a bit of a respite, kind of an oasis in Lent. And you rejoice with the Lord that he is fixing his eyes on Jerusalem. So you're glad to be here, and you're glad of what is coming in the next couple of weeks, because things are going to get amped up. So in this way, there's a bit of leisure time in this Sunday of the church year, leisure in the right sense of the term. So you stop, and we pause to consider all that, in, that we have in this life and all that God has done, and we know and see it all because we know where he's heading. Even as Jesus feeds these 5,000, and later in John's gospel, much later, we'll see then him going to the cross, we know the cost that has been paid so that your redemption has been won, you have eternal life, and you have it this very day, and even your table with daily bread is as a result of it. I mentioned in the Bible study this morning that the colic of the day sums this all up well. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, your mercies are new every morning, and though we deserve only punishment, you receive us as your children and provide for all of our needs of body and soul. Grant that we may heartily acknowledge your merciful goodness, give thanks for all your benefits, and serve you in willing obedience through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. So, dear people of God, Jesus is here, and he invites you to sit down and rest because he has compassion on you. So rest easy in the arms of Jesus because he has mercy and he's given his life for your sake. And give thanks for all that he has done. Feast at his supper this day and be satisfied as your sin is forgiven and he gives you life and salvation. The bread of life come down from heaven is yours this day as he has come, as he has died, and he has risen for you. And go from this place and eat your daily bread knowing the Lord is good. And the very reason that's on your table is because Jesus has died for you. I had a professor in seminary who used the analogy. He said, you guys like pizza? And we said, oh, of course we like pizza. What are we, animals? And then he said, the very reason why the Lord gives us pizza or things like that is because Christ has died on the cross. And we're like, what in the world are you talking about? The very reason that God has given us sustenance in this world, those things, is because he loves us in Christ. And that's just a fruit of that. It may be temporal. It may be here one day and gone the next. But the Lord is still taking care of you. So our eyes are fixed on that. That's why we thank our Lord before we uh, receive a meal. Boyd always, like, he, he prays like this. He's the first of our kids, right? When you teach your kids that, pray, we give thanks. God has given us these things. Because the Lord is our priceless treasure. So we rejoice. We rejoice with great joy this day, and we're glad that we're here, that the Lord has done all things well. He fed the multitudes by his miraculous work. That was a miracle he did. And he feeds and takes care of you each day. And though it might not look as miraculous, the Lord still has that same compassion. It's what he does, because he loves you. So taste and see that he is good, and give him thanks for all he gives you, and love your neighbor as his people. And look forward to that day when you no longer need daily bread, but you will hunger and thirst no more. As your body is raised in your Lord, the bread of life, you will see him face to face in his kingdom with all of his saints. And on that day, there will be an eternal rest, a rejoicing day that will not end and knows no limits. So thanks be to God for his care now, for his care tomorrow, and even unto life everlasting. Amen.